Help by Gatamak Podcast Episode Number 166. Entertaining, educational, and encouraging content that makes a difference. This is GSPN.TV. Join the community. And welcome back to another episode of Help I Got a Mac. My name is Cliff Ravenscraft. And I'm Chris Biding. We are here each and every week to share our thoughts on the latest happenings as it relates to all things Apple. Whether it be brand new iMacs with Thunderbolt, the first possible real virus threat on the Mac to the overall Mac community. You happen to use one of those Safari browsers, or whether it's uh, answering your questions on our voicemail feedback hotline. That's what we're here to do each and every week. And Chris, we're going to do a little bit of each and every one of those things this week. Yes, we are. Yes, we are. So Chris, now I know that you probably have already studied the specs and everything about this whole new iMac refresh line that's out there. And uh, all I know is that there's the new iMacs that have Thunderbolts now. So, so yeah. what, what did they announce? And uh, pricing stay the same, I assume. Blah 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 blah. Tell tell us all about it. Yeah, uh, pricing, I believe, is the same still. It's using the new Sandy Bridge processor, so it's the same kind of processors that are in the MacBook Pro. Uh, you can get a 21.5 or 27 inch display. Uh, all of them are all, all the iMacs are quad core, so they're either quad core i5s or quad core i7s. So you get uh, you know four core goodness. Uh, you get all new AMD uh, Radeon graphics, so awesome graphics for the uh, for gaming and stuff like that. FaceTime HD camera, uh, Ooh, Thunderbolt. That's new. Yes, that's FaceTime. new. Yeah, FaceTime HD camera. Does it do a uh, sixteen by nine re- like uh, widescreen now? That I'm not sure. Okay, I'm assuming so since they're saying HD. Oh, that yeah, 1280 by 720 at least, right? Yeah. So yeah, that would be cool. I I, I kind of wish my own little uh, internal built webcam did a, uh, you know, the whole widescreen deal, but it right. doesn't. Anyway, cool. You, you get your choice between a magic mouse or a magic trackpad. Okay. And in the higher end, 27 inch, you get two Thunderbolt ports. Ooh. And why would one need more than one? I don't know. In case you want to run like two thirty-inch displays. Oh, hmm, interesting. You could do that. Yes. Nice. So you could do a thirty-inch on both sides. Yeah. With your twenty-seven in the middle. Yep. That actually sounds pretty appealing. I must say. Yeah. Um. Who is it? Uh, Engadget had a, a a. display where they like you know it said engadget across the whole thing and it was two 30s and a 27 in the middle that sounds absolutely like heaven yeah it's pretty awesome wow all right so these machines pricing about the same you said uh you know obviously it's all upgraded hardware faster quad core blah 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 and it looks to me like you could start out with one of these fine machines as low as eleven ninety nine for the twenty one and a half. Is that right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
I'm telling you, folks, I, I hear a lot of people say, you know, I just don't know about those Macs. They're so darn expensive, <laughs> especially when you compare it to the price of, you know, similar speed chips on the PC side. It's like, but listen, it's not about the PC. We're talking operating system here. Yeah. You know, and, and uh, all this other good stuff. But uh, yeah, I, I'll tell you what, I'm pretty excited about these new iMacs that are out. I don't I'm not in need of a new iMac, though. I must say, I I have a 27 inch. I bought it about a year or so ago, and and it is still, it's it. I mean, it's an overperformer. It really is an overperformer. Yeah, it's these new ones are sweet, man. It's they, gonna be it, they're they're tempting. <laughs> yeah, I I'm liking it. Um, uh, so let's see here. I, what I want to do this, I, I want to do this for our audience because. Here, if, if anybody were to ask me, if I were to need a new computer today, what would I buy? And uh, let's see here. Now, if you, okay, so basically I'm going to the Apple store. I'm going to select an iMac. So the very first thing I do, this is exactly how I would do it. I would actually go to uh, select an iMac and I'm going to choose 27 inch, the cheapest one, $16.99 starting out. Okay, and then all I'm going to do is it comes with four gig of RAM. Let me tell you, that's that's going to be plenty for you, especially to, to get things started. Uh, and you can get uh, another eight gigs to put in there, bringing you up to 12 uh, after the fact with some aftermarket third party hardware or um, memory upgrades. Uh, one terabyte drive comes standard with it. There's really no need to go more than a terabyte unless you absolutely think you need it. Uh, but a terabyte drive. I'm going to go with the Apple Magic Mouse. Uh, do you have the trackpad, by the way? No, I've got the Magic Mouse. Yeah, I, I, I like the Magic Mouse. <clears throat> it comes with the aluminum wireless keyboard. I absolutely love it. So that's good stuff. It comes. It does not come with iWork. I, you, I don't think you need it. Um, it does not come with Aperture. It does not come with Final Cut Express 4. Logic 9, no. FileMaker, I would tell it no. Microsoft Office, I would say whatever. Literally, I would say that as I was scrolling down the screen. Uh, and then I would uh, service and support. I would right from the bet, the day I purchased my 27-inch iMac, I am buying Apple Care for $169. Um, and then one-on-one, I personally don't need it. Apple Remote, don't need it. Uh, Apple Battery Charger, no thank you. Uh, buy a printer and save 100 bucks. No, we're not even going to do that. Although, although... Check this out, folks. Buy your printer with your Mac, save up to $100. And uh, so basically, you you basically get a rebate of $100. And they have one of the printers that's an available option for you as an all-in-one printer for $99.95. So in essence, you could, if you are um, oh, organized enough to actually fill out a rebate form, <laughs> then you could probably do that. So what? Right. I, so basically, what I did here is I simply clicked, I want the cheapest Mac possible, and I want, what is that, a three-year warranty? Is that what I said? Yep. All right, so, and now I'm going to add to cart. Now, check this out. Um, I am actually in the shopping cart right now with free shipping, and it is $1,868. And, of course, there's going to be some taxes on there, but still, dude, I'm telling you, this is an amazing computer, and it's under $2,000 with a three-year full warranty. Yeah, see, I would probably go for the, the top of the line one just because I want a bigger video c- card. It's only got a half a gig of 
memory i want the two gig video card ah okay so that's what you would do yeah but uh yeah and, and uh, i mean now the thing is is what you're doing no you that, that's for 3d gaming i i don't necessarily think that you would have to have that to to speed up your performance of doing video editing work right well a lot of that stuff's being offloaded to the gpu so oh is it yeah oh, okay i don't know i i I, I can see where you would want that. Uh, so let's see here. If it, for if I were going to do that, I'm looking here. Oh, so basically you'd have to go with a whole different Mac. You'd actually go, let me go back. And so you would start off with the 1999. Mm-hmm. All right. So you'd go 1999 and then you would do the Apple Care, which would take you over 2000. So uh, let's see here. Obviously, we're going to add that for 169. So we're at 2168 plus tax. So if you are that hard up to definitely need the graphics uh, processing power that is uh, more than a half a gig, then you're looking at 2168 uh, plus tax. But you can definitely get out the door without going over $2,000 with tax included, I believe. Yeah, for sure. So there you go. I, I'm telling you, it, it's it's the and, and the thing is, is that's the same price that I paid for my 27 inch iMac. My 27 inch iMac is two generations before this one. This is far more powerful than the one that I have. And yeah. I want to just tell you right now, I, I've had this thing for it, it's been a year, I think. Um, it's at least I, I'm pretty sure it's been at least a year now. And this thing works better now or as good now as the day I brought it home. I'm just as happy with it. And personally, I don't, I mean, other than the Thunderbolt, which I think, you know, eventually there's going to be some stuff that comes out that will be, make some great use of that, especially like maybe an external drive that would be nice. You know, I could imagine getting like a two terabyte external drive with Thunderbolt. It's almost as good as having an internal drive, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. I, uh, if it were me, I would definitely upgrade just because I need all the processing power I can get yeah. for all that all that uh, After Effects stuff that I do. Yeah, you see, you're in you're in the you're in the heavy end video editing stuff, but uh, for everything that I'm doing in my small small business that I've got running here, and I do a lot of I do a lot of light video editing work. I, mean, I created a couple video stuff things today, and um, just absolutely love this machine that I have, and it's. You know, like I said, it's already two versions old and it I don't feel like I'm out of date. You know, I don't care right. that uh, the fact that there's a brand new 27 inch out there. I don't feel like I need to rush to the store and get one. I, I I'm very satisfied with the product I have. And I think this is the cool thing, you know, because we, we've been talking about this now. I know you went out and got yourself the new iPad, too. I'm still very satisfied with my original iPad. This, this is something I think is one of those benefits of Apple is that you buy a product from them and it works and it works for a lengthy period of time. Mm-hmm. The only the only thing I could say as an exception to that rule where where Apple I don't think has done a very good job of keeping the old stuff going as as much as they should is in the iPhone department. Yeah, I agree. It seems like some of the stuff that they've that they've done has been like planned obsolescence. Yeah, that that's the only place, and and I think they could have avoided it in in this way. And and in in what I, I think the big problem in the iOS on the iPhones is when they update to the newest version of the iOS software, 
they actually upgrade the, you know it's obviously being optimized for faster hardware far, faster hardware with each new phone that comes out mm-hmm. and when you start putting iOS 4.0 on an on an I don't even think you, can you even do it on an original iPhone now no okay good but but even iOS 3.0 on an original iPhone it completely started to slow the thing i mean you couldn't even do anything on it anymore and yeah. th- same thing with a, a three, you know, an iPhone 3G. You know, you put iOS 4.3 on there, and and it's gonna just it's gonna go dog slow because it's not optimized for that phone. So what I think that if I would have, if there's anything I wish Apple would have done on the iPhones is that they would have started branching off. You know, saying hey, you know, you're pretty much stuck with iPhone or iOS 3. Point, you know, whatever on the 3G models. You know, you can, to get iOS four or iOS five, you have to actually upgrade to new hardware. We're going to continue to keep you at the three level, and we're going to continue to push out security fixes for X number of years. Yeah, you know that that's the only thing I wish <clears throat> Apple would have done. Yeah, yeah. It, it, who kn- I'm sure there's a good reason for it besides them wanting you to buy a new phone. Yeah. Well, <laughs> well. The other the other thing is with the phones is you know you do get the subsidy. Uh, every two years, uh, it's subsidized, so you can get those pretty inexpensively upgraded. Uh, and and not to mention the fact the hardware on a phone, that kind of stuff, over time, it does kind of give way. Right. right? So I, I don't know. But yeah, and all the cool stuff's happening on the phones anyway, so it seems like the upgrade cycles are faster. Yeah. But I, I love my 27-inch iMac, and I just want to say, if anybody's been waiting to get one, I say don't don't pass go, you know, just just go straight to the store. You don't need to collect $200, just just go and and go with it. It's it's fun stuff. <laughs> go get it. Go get it. Go get you a 27-inch iMac and then call us and tell us all about it. Yep. All right, so what else is going on? Well, uh they uh Microsoft released their quarterly profits. Yes. And they fell below Apple's for the first time in 20 years. That is amazing. Yeah, people were they, they were they you know the the goalpost a while ago when the market cap got higher was you know people Microsoft fans were like well you know Apple doesn't you know make as much and then they their their revenue was higher and they're like oh their profit's not as high and now their profit Microsoft's net income for the quarter was five point two billion compared to Apple's five point nine nine billion. Sweet. So it's the first time in twenty years that Apple's quarterly profit ellipsed Microsoft. So you know, I was listening to this week in, in tech on um, uh, over the weekend, and I heard what Will Harris, I think his name is. Mm-hmm. He was talking about the amount of cash reserves that Apple has, and somebody had uh, calculated it out that Apple actually has enough money to give every man, woman, and child in the United Kingdom a thousand dollars. That's awesome. <laughs> I think Leo said that they're tr- they're they're actually saving up money to buy America. <laughs> <laughs> they could. <laughs> anyway, fun stuff. I'm glad Apple is profitable. I'm 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 very happy because that means they're going to continue to innovate and and move things forward in in the typical fashion that we're used to here. So. Yes, money for you know fun times for everybody. Exactly. All right, uh, so big news story. Now, let me ask you before we go into this news story, what what browser do you use on your Mac? Chrome. You use Chrome. I use Chrome as well. If you need to load up a second browser for whatever reason, what do you turn to? 
Firefox. All right. And I do I actually do turn into turn to Safari as my secondary browser. But it's only to log into YouTube to upload a video so that I don't have to log out of my other account on Chrome. Um and I actually go into Firefox occasionally if I need to actually have a good RSS feed preview. So so I, I do log into Firefox as well. Mm-hmm. But I understand, and, and I'm sure you've heard a lot about this, uh, the first real Mac virus in the wild that... Uh, I wouldn't call it a virus. What it's would more you of call a Trojan. It? What's a, isn't, a, isn't Trojan, isn't it always a Trojan virus? No, viruses like um, Code Red or something like that, uh, you could just plug your computer into the internet and it'll be infected without you going anywhere. Oh, is that what makes it a virus? Yes. Okay. All right. And it, does, and it installs without your without any intervention whatsoever. With this, with this one, you still have to put in your password. Mm, that's not what I heard. According to Ars Technica, you still have to put in your password. Okay, then. All right. Well, then, the, well, then, of course, if if you have to, okay, because see, that's that's the point where I think maybe I was hearing some misleading stories. Then now, the JavaScript code will automatically download it. Uh, a zipped uh, installer for the Mac. Um, and then if you have Safari, there's an option that's checked in Safari. It says open safe files after downloading. Yep. Uh, the installer will be unzipped and run, but since the installer requires a user password, it won't install without user interaction. Ah, so you have you still have to enter your password to do it. Yes. Okay. See, now, uh, as far as I'm concerned... Now, this is the point where I would say that this isn't a this. I mean, this is a concern for people who are. Uh, how do I say this judiciously? New, yeah, inexperienced. Let's put it that way. All right. So, so the thing is, is if a, if a piece of software is asking you, saying, "Hey, to run this install program, we need your password." If you're going to type in your password and you aren't specifically saying. I want to install some software right now. Yeah, if it, if you didn't download something and and double click on it to install it, and something pops up and asks you for your password, yeah, it, 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 you've got to. It, so so let's just say that, folks. If you, never, 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 never enter your password unless you specifically, you personally have chosen to install software. If you ever visit a browse, if you're ever browsing the web and all of a sudden your computer just tells you you need to install something and it asks you for your password, no, 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 yeah, and no. With the exception of a very small amount of software, your best bet if you want to download software and run it is go to the the app store and get your software that way. Yeah, well, and but there, there would maybe, <clears throat> no, the app store is not going to have a, uh, Adobe Flash, which you may need. Right, right, yeah. So there, but there, so there. But are if you going, download Chrome, Flash is built in. Exactly, and and so that's the other point is, uh, both neither Chris and, nor myself actually use the Safari browser. I'm not a fan of it. I, I personally, I, I hate the Safari browser. I don't hate it. It's just not my favorite. I hate it. <laughs> I've hated it since the first day I got a Mac. Okay. I, and and you want to know why I hate it? I hate it because of that little blue bar that fills up in the background. <laughs> Oh, I love that. I think it's that's the best part about it. No, I, I don't like to see that at all. It, it just it's an aesthetic aesthetics thing. And of course, I think somebody since told me that you could turn that off. 
I think so, yeah. But it doesn't matter. It's there by default, and it's just ugly. So <laughs> I don't like the Safari browser. My personal pre- my personal preference, my personal recommendation, uh, as soon as you get your Mac, go and download either uh, Chrome or Firefox. Make that the very first thing that you do. And if you did that, even this this threat, if you will, let's can we both call it malware? Would you be okay with calling it malware? Yeah, I'd be fine with calling it malware. All right. So this malware, basically what would happen is you would go to a website... Uh, by default, now by default, Safari is has settings in there that says automatically launch and or you know open and launch known files, right? Mm-hmm. So um, and and that is I don't I personally I don't think that's a good preference to have on by default. I think that Safari should go in and turn that off. Yeah, I agree. And uh, so here's the good news. Um, this this malware attempt, it's called Mac Defender, by the way. And is there a real program called Mac Defender? Mm, there's a company called Mac Defender. Okay. But this is obviously not... Now, does the company Mac Defender have, a, have any software called Mac Defender? I don't think so. I don't even know what Mac Defender is. But anyway, um, this basically the, the story is, is that if you go to some websites, it, you'll get this... Warning that says, you know, you're whatever it says. It says we need to install the Mac Defender application. And and if you're using Safari, it will automatically download it without you doing anything. All you have to do is visit the site. The, the, the download will immediately download it into your download folder or wherever you've got that set up. It, and because it automatically is set in Safari to... Uh, to do these uh, open known files and, and unarchive them, it will start the installation process. But I'm very glad to hear that it is going to ask you for your password before it actually does that final step of actually installing it. Yeah. Uh, so here's the things that you want to do. Step number one, to ensure that you don't automatically download any apps, go to Safari. Okay, go ahead and open Safari right now. Then go to Preferences. Then click on the general tab. And in the general tab, you will see a little section that says open safe files after downloading. Uncheck that and then close your settings. As far as as far as everything else goes, you are perfectly fine. Now, here's what else I want you to do. If you are a brand new Mac user and you've been browsing around with your Safari browser and you're concerned that maybe you might have this little Mac Defender thing happening, what you can do right now is go into your applications folder. It's sorted by alphabetical order and look to see if there's an app called Mac Defender in there. If there is, you can try deleting it uh, and send it to your trash bin, but chances are it won't let you. You actually have to shut it down. All right. Uh, So basically what you have to do is you go into your applications then go into utilities, and then it says here that you'll have to dis- go into utilities and disable anything that's related to Mac Defender. Um, and also, it says that you'll need to go into your library and startup items and and some other places. I'll tell you what I'll do is I'll put the step by step notes on this on our website for episode one sixty six one hundred sixty six at helpigotamac.com. But uh, I have a feeling that absolutely nobody in our community has this malware installed on their computer. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I would be real surprised. I'd be really surprised. But <clears throat> here's the thing, though. The question is, 
is this the sign of things to come? I mean, this was specifically written to take advantage of naive people who see a security software think they might be thinking it's like wait a second this is this must be some sort of official apple update it's asking me to install it sure i'll type in my password it's called mac defender i must have this thing to defend my mac i mean we know that people get burned on this fake antivirus stuff all day long on the windows side mm-hmm. so i mean it, it just takes a couple people to install this stuff to to really start making things happen i it, we hear macs are selling like crazy you know, they're, they're the, you know, I think, are they either the first or second um, number um, number of increases as far as the, um, you know, uh, number of computers sold, the actual increase is going up and up and up on Mac every single time. Does this open us up to more potential attacks in the future now that we're becoming a greater market share, market share and uh, we're a smaller haystack, if you will? Could be. Uh, hopefully Apple is a little is aggressive with uh, keeping security as a, as a primary thing. And, you know, hopefully it won't be that big of a deal. Um, are you th- now there's some there's some antivirus anti malware <clears throat> security suites out there for the Mac. Chris, do you have any desire at all to install one of those? Not at all. Neither do I. I never really ran um, virus software on my Windows machine, to be quite honest, uh, other than um, Microsoft Essentials. Yeah. I will say that I I used AVG antivirus on on the PC, but mm-hmm. I'll, I'll just say this, that for the last three and a half years that I used my Windows system... Um, where it was the most aggressive that I've used my computer and not once did I ever have a potential issue. And, 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 and it, and it all comes down to, and unfortunately what you and I consider to be just like, yeah, just don't do those things. Tons of people do. And that's, Mm -hmm. that's like you get an email with an attachment that says, Hey, check out these funny pictures. (laughs) You download it and click on it and, and boom, your windows machine is infected. Now that that can't happen on the Mac. That still, even today cannot happen on the Mac. You can send me whatever you want attached to an email. I can even double click on it, but it cannot install itself on my system unless I enter my password. Is that right? That's correct. So folks, listen to this one piece of advice and listen to it closely. Never enter your password unless you know for a fact 100% exactly why you're entering your password. Mm -hmm. That's all there is to it. You do that, you don't need any antivirus system on your Mac at all, in my own personal opinion. Exactly. Awesome. Alrighty, so uh, iOS 4.3.3.3.3.3. Yes, to the was third. released today. So what does it do? Well, you know that whole location thing, right? Oh, that's right. So they're going to stop tracking us now. Yes, well, <laughs> for the most part. For the most part. They're still tracking you. They're yeah, just it's not, not going to back, back up it up on, anymore. It's not being backed up on iTunes anymore. <clears throat> gotcha. uh, they've also reduced the size to... the the, to the last seven days. Cool. And uh, if you turn off location services, it erases that that file. Oh, so it, I mean, so basically, even though it's been tracking you for the last seven days, all you need to do is go turn off location services, turn it back on, and it's like, hey, I'm a new man. Sure. 
<laughs> All right. Gotcha. Very cool. All right. So I'm glad 4.3.3. I haven't even updated to 4.3.1 yet. I don't think. Yeah, I've got 4.3.3. <laughs> I updated, uh, I updated this afternoon and I, it's works just fine. Matter of fact, I'll tell you what, let me pull up my phone. Where do we go? We go into settings <clears throat> and then we go to general, general and then we go to about. Yep. All right. I actually, yeah, I'm 4.3.1. There you go. So there you go. And I have no intentions of syncing my phone. Probably, I I probably won't sync my phone for the next six months. You know, I I have no, I have no need. Check this out. I have no need, no need to sync my phone to iTunes anymore for anything. Because I am now, I mean, the only thing that I really synced it for was, um, for podcasts and I don't I, I'm I've I'm I'm completely wireless on that now. I'm using pocket casts. Um I actually I, I'll tell you what, there that is not true. Okay, I'll take that back. I did just sync my phone. But the only reason I did it wasn't to actually upgrade or update any or upgrade my iOS. Um TomTom is like a whole gig and a you know, I don't know, what is it, a gig and a half? Yeah, it's terrible if you have to download it over the Oh, yeah, on the phone. Exactly. And so it takes forever. It usually times out. It gives you all kinds of problems. It's just a massive, massive download when you're trying to do more than a gigabyte download into your phone, even on Wi-Fi. And uh, so I did actually go into iTunes. I went into update software. There was like 340 updates there. <laughs> I went in and just told it to, I said, listen, I just want I t- I want uh, TomTom. And I made it upgrade TomTom uh, Tom. as soon as it was upgraded. I went in and it did do a fresh backup of my iPhone and it actually synced the new TomTom onto my phone. And and here, the only reason I did that was, well, number one, I wanted the little, the, the badge that says there's one update on my little uh, iTunes app store. Uh, I wanted that to go away. But also, I was hoping to get the uh, Homer Simpson voice for TomTom for free. Now you got to buy it. $5.99 to get Homer Simpson. Yep. In that purchase. I would, you know, the thing is, is, is there's no way I would continue to use Homer Simpson. Homer no, it's, it would be so annoying. It would just be a novelty to just do it once and to play around, with, you know, just to have that. But, um, you yeah, know, no. Uh, it's it's <laughs> definitely not worth $5.99. Now, my question to you, Chris, is what would you pay? What celebrity voice would you pay $5.99 to have read your, <clears throat> your directions of where you should go when navigating? Is Can I can I choose none? Yeah. None. Seriously? I, I use the computer voice because I like to hear the street names. I, 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 I do like the street names. I, I agree with you there. But I would I would say Tom Baker, who uh, was one of the original Doctor Who uh, series doctors. If, if if see, I've never seen an episode of Doctor Who. Oh, dude, you're breaking my heart. All right, so Tom Baker, Doctor. I think he was Doctor Number Four. And uh, if Tom Baker did celebrity voice for navigating on the Tom Tom, and check this out. Here's the here's the thing. It would have to be his voice. He'd have to be doing it in the character of Doctor Who. And I want the icon for my car to be the TARDIS. 
So I know that there's a bunch of Doctor Who geeks that would say, heck yeah, I'd pay $5.99 for that. And I don't need I don't know what that means, but okay. There you go. <laughs> anyway, so any new applications you're using, Chris? Heck yes. What you using? I have a game that I am absolutely in love with. On your iPad too? Yes, but it works on both. Okay, what is the it? Universal app. It's called Order and Chaos. Order and Chaos. <clears throat> yes, sir. And what kind of game is it? They base it's made from those good people at GameLoft who like to take well-known games and mm-hmm. turn the photocopier on and, and copy them. <laughs> All right. For the most part, they do a pretty good job. Right. And uh, Order and Chaos is, could best be described as World of Warcraft for your iOS device. Massively multiplayer online. It is. Hmm. Really? You can be. Yep. And uh, it, it is a pay game. And the way it works is when you buy the game, you buy the game for six ninety nine. Comes with three months free. And you can either pay per month for ninety nine cents a month, which is um, fourteen dollars cheaper per month than World of Warcraft, or you can pay for six months for three bucks. And I'm having a blast. It's super fun. I've I've already played with a couple people from Apple that I used to work with. We've got we went on a team and you know killed a bunch of dudes and stuff. And yeah, I'm like a level six um, warrior elf guy. So do you chat with other people? Yeah, yeah. You it? just pop the keyboard open and chat. And any audio chat at this point? Not yet. Okay, well, that's something that'll be coming. I'm sure. Yeah, they they could do it if they wanted to. But okay. uh yeah, the graphics look really 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 good. What here's the best part. Um since it's you use GameLoft Live to to sign in. Yeah. And what's cool is that if I'm in a town and I log off on my iPad and I log back in on my iPhone, I'm right where I left off. Nice. Yeah. And it looks really really good on the iPhone, looks spectacular on the iPad. It's yeah, I am. This is I played the game last night for like two hours straight. All right. So a couple questions for you. Six dollars ninety nine cents for the application. You buy yes. it once. Yes. Let's just say I have it on my iPhone four. Stephanie yep. has it on her iPhone four. Yes. Megan can put it on her iPhone three GS. I would assume. Yes. And Matthew could put it on his latest gen iPod touch. All of those devices all running the same app for six dollars and ninety nine cents. You'd have to each create an account, though. But okay, but we all create our own individualized accounts. So the the six dollars and ninety nine cents we'd only have to pay for it once. But we would all sign in with our. We would register our own accounts with this Game Loft Live service. Mm-hmm. We would all get the first three months free. Yes, and then ninety nine cents a month or three three dollars for six months. Yes, sweet. That's a yeah, great it, deal. It's a fun game, and uh, <clears throat> a lot of people are going on. The, there's like different servers you can choose from, uh-huh. and a lot of people are going on this one called Arcadia Forest, which I, I went on, and I have a character on it, but it's so crowded. That's kind of the problem right now is it's super, super crowded. Yeah. So I played on a, I'm playing on a server with lower, lower population, and it's been fantastic. It's been super fun. So if you, let me uh, fire up my game real quick here. Uh, While while you're doing that, how do you know what the population is? Can you tell when you actually log into a server? It just says population low or high. Oh, okay. Okay. So I'm looking, I'm logging into my game here. The music's good. Listen to this. Yeah, 
you know, I mean, it's, it looks fantastic. I am playing the, my server is called the Swamp of Worms. All right. So if you're in the Swamp of Worms, you can find me. I'm level six. My name is Stryden. It's S-T-R-Y-D-E-N. And uh, yeah, come play. We can even, we can set up a, when I get to a high enough level and if I get, uh, here's the thing. Yeah. We can set up a guild. We can have like a GSPN guild or something. Yeah. So anybody who plays can, we can all play on there. Uh, now here's, here's the couple things that separate it from World of Warcraft. All right. You earn gold and stuff in the game and you know, it's just like World of Warcraft. It takes a while to get gold just because you know, gold is expensive. So you get like silver and copper and stuff. You can buy extra gold if you want to. Okay. So, so you're basically in-app purchase for gold. Right, gold, and, and and they range. You know, one gold is ninety nine cents. Six gold is four ninety nine. All the way up to you can get like a hundred and fifty gold for a hundred bucks. I don't know why you would do that, but you'd also get rune stones. I'm not sure what they do yet. I haven't run into any of those issues where I need them yet. And it's like five runes for ninety nine. I think the only thing I can you can use runes for right now is if you die, if you if you get killed in the game, right? Right. <clears throat> You can spend a ruin and, and recover right where you are. If not, you have to go to the graveyard. Hmm. Now, another thing is, is if you die ten times, yeah, it costs. You know, there's a, a some of your money. There's a fee, you know, to resurrect, quote unquote. So, but I've gotten so far. I've gotten so much money in the game. I, I don't ever see that being a problem. So, I I have never played World of Warcraft before in my life. Is it anything like Age of Empires at all? No, no, not at all. Okay. It's, you know, you, you have a guy, uh-huh. you go up to someone and you hit a button and you get a quest, like kill five alligators, right? Okay. So you go and you have to kill these five alligators and then you go back and you turn in the quest and, you know, you get experience points. Okay. That's how the game works. So far, on the low, especially on the lower levels, it's called grinding. But there's going to be like dungeons and all sorts of stuff coming out for this. It's, it's going to be, it's going to be sweet. Hmm. It almost sounds appealing. I, I I really want to get into some some kind of just fun, you know, entertainment style gaming, but uh, I'm not sure. I mean, cause, so so this isn't actually like build your civilization and stuff like that, then, huh? No, you are one guy in a giant world. All right. Is there is there? You're familiar with Age of Empires, though, right? Yeah. Right. Is there any game like that on the iPhone that is massively uh, on player uh, multiplayer? Um, not really. I really wish there was that. That's what I want. I want to kind of a, uh, you know, build your, build your empire from, you know, the, you know, the, the feudal age all the way up to like the, there is a program. <laughs> there is a game. Oh, that's my phone. There is a game made by the same people that make, uh, <laughs> that make the game, the world of Warcraft type game called the settlers. Okay. Which is, looks like an age of empires type game. But is it multiplayer where I could play? See, I'm looking for a, gu- a game that I can play online with my son. <clears throat> like Age of Empires. I'm looking right now. Let's see. Uh, settlers for iPhone. Da, 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 da. Gather resources. Supports iOS for multitasking. Three nations to, to govern and conquer new territories. I'm looking here. I'm looking. Oh, that was my wife. 
All right. Well, while you're looking there, let me mention another app that I'm using. Um, and this is something that I heard from my friend Andy Traub. Have you ever used Cloud App at getcloudapp.com? No. It's a cool little uh, tool. There's a billion and one ways to to basically take a screen capture and upload it to the web and share it with people. None of them as easy as getcloudapp.com. And you can uh, go to getcloudapp.com slash download and download this application for your Mac. And uh, it puts a little cloud up in your menu system. Now, if you ever do like command shift four and do a screen capture, you know, a drag and drop, or even if you did a command shift three and just did a full screen cap, uh, by default, it will automatically upload it to your account on cloudapp.com or getcloudapp.com. And uh, and then, of course, it automatically puts the link to that 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 item into your clipboard. So basically, all I would do is do a screen cap and then I can immediately in a let's just say in a Skype chat back and forth with you or in a chat room or in a Twitter message, I could just hit paste. I don't have to go to the service and find the link or anything. It's basically I do a screen capture and then hit paste. Now, cool. I, I didn't like there. There are oftentimes that, I, that I'll do a screen capture and I don't want that to be uploaded anywhere. Um, and so I went in and turned that feature off. And so what I've got now is where I have it to where the little cloud app app is up in the uh, menu. And uh, let's see here. My wife wanted me to call her. You want me to pause real quick? Yeah. All right. OK, thanks. Yep. And we're back. Chris had to make sure that nothing was uh, going wrong there. Uh, had an important phone call, so we're back. So anyway, what I was saying, though, is uploads. Um, so what I do is I have the cloud app icon up in my menu system all the time, and so anytime I have any image at all that I want to upload to my, my cloud app, I just mm-hmm. drag it up to that little icon, and boom, it uploads it, and again, automatically gives me the share link. Is there a size limitation? There is. It's a 250 megabyte per file limit. Okay. All right. And the free service, you can upload 10 items per day. And then the actual cost for the paid service, it's not too much. Uh, But if you pay for the service, I don't know. I I can't remember how much it is right now. But um, you get unlimited uploads. It's still limited 250 megabytes per file. Now, the thing is, is the... the, um, uh, images are not the only thing you can upload. You can upload uh, other files. You can upload MP3 files, uh, PowerPoint files. I mean, you can upload all kinds of files. And this is a way for you to just upload those. And, and then you hit paste in an email and say, here's a link to that file that I want to share with you. Huh. Pretty cool, huh? Yeah, I still use Dropbox for that. Yeah, I, you know what? You, you can, but the thing is, is I don't use Dropbox. And, and the the thing that I'm using getcloudapp.com for is for images. You know, I just oh, want to okay, quickly, okay. I just basically somebody will say, Hey Cliff, how, you know, how do you do this in WordPress? And I all, I'll literally log into my, uh, WordPress dashboard and mm-hmm. I will, and I'll basically just on, I use, um, Omni dazzle. I'll, I'll take my, my pen and I'll circle the, the menu setting and just point an error to it. And I'll say, click here. And then I'll do a screen cap of that upload it to screen uh, to my cloud app and and then paste a link to them and say here this should help boom i'm done yeah and it and i and i'm finding that i'm using that quite a bit so i, I love it getcloudapp.com 
Cool. Hey, uh, just real quick, I know you use the daily, right? Uh, you know what? I have quit reading the daily for whatever re- for no specific reason. <laughs> well, it looks like they've had eight hundred thousand downloads since February, and they've lost ten million dollars over the last quarter. Really? Not looking too good. No. I, you, you know what? I what got me into the daily was the earthquake. I was looking for information related to the earthquake and the tsunami and and the the nuclear you know meltdown and after that news kind of died down and and really didn't get very much coverage in the daily anymore mm-hmm. um i found myself just not reading it <clears throat> yeah it looks like and i think like there's for, some new magazines here though so like if you read esquire popular mechanics and oh the oprah magazine uh looks like going to be like 20 dollar a year subscription so this is it's getting down now to the price where you know i may think about doing it so Ten million dollars. Huh? I lost ten million. Yeah. Well, I gave them my money, so <laughs> I didn't get many money. Yeah, I did. I, and I don't. I don't regret it. I mean, what did I pay? I can't even remember what it is for a year subscription. It wasn't much. It's pretty cheap. Yeah, it was pretty cheap. It was worth. And and I got. And I'll tell you what. What news I have read on there has been spectacular, and it's been good, and it's. it's I, I kind of like that format but for whatever i guess it, it could be that my ipad's just not sitting up there in my my morning chair anymore you know next to the morning chair it's down here in the studio most of the time yeah or my daughter has stolen it because she's uh playing it at night or something like that <laughs> so yeah the daily all right well i'll tell you what um where can you believe we're already at 45 minutes this That's is crazy how did this show go that fast it doesn't feel like we did much oh wait 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 well i'll tell you what i have i do have uh, a voicemail with questions. Well, lay it on us. Let, let's do that. Mark Mason, take it away. Cliff Ravenscraft. This is Mark Mason from MasonWorld.com in Dallas, Texas. And I've got a question for help. I've got a Mac podcast. You know, about a year ago, I bought my iMac. I think I've got exactly the same one that you have. I absolutely love it. I wouldn't trade it for anything. But I have two questions that I haven't had time to track down and I thought maybe you could help me and save some time since you guys are the help. I've got a Mac gurus. Question number one, when I was uh, on the PC and I wanted to edit graphics and I wasn't uh, in a place where I could use uh, Photoshop for cost reasons or whatever, I used the free software GIMP. But when I looked at GIMP for the Mac, it looks like a very complicated install. I can't really find the right install for OS 10.6. And I was wondering if you guys had a low-cost alternative for Adobe Photoshop since it's so expensive. Second question is, um, on my Mac, I have a couple of 2-gig USB 2.0 drives attached. And I've noticed that oftentimes I'll get the spinning beach ball when those drives are coming back awake uh, from being asleep, and that really drives me crazy. And I'm wondering if a setting in OS 10 where I can tell uh, the operating system not to wait on those drives. Because a lot of times it's when I open the Finder, and I'm not really going to those drives anyway. It's just waiting for all the drives to come awake. So those are my two questions for help. I've got a Mac. Absolutely love what you're doing, Cliff, and I want to encourage all your listeners. To, to head over and join the community over at uh, the GSPN Plus side because that's just awesome stuff, and I love what you're doing. I hope you're having a fantastic day, and God bless. 
All right, Mark, thank you so much uh, for all of that wonderful feedback. And uh, two things. So first and foremost, uh, Photoshop. I imagine he's saying, you know, Photoshop, the actual full product is very expensive and stuff like that, right? Um, yeah. And I would totally agree with that. Uh, but I will tell you that Photoshop Elements is out of this world awesome. I absolutely love it. And so far, there's been nothing that I've wanted to do in Photoshop that I can't do in Photoshop Elements. And that's only $99.99. And I think you could probably find it cheaper if you look around. I'm just looking at um, Adobe's uh, own website for it. So, you can also uh, get Pixelmator. Yep. Pixelmator it's, is it's $60. $60. So, but here's the situation. Pixel, I, I'm going to agree with you. I, I, <laughs> I've got, I have Pixelmator as well because I purchased it a long time ago for my original MacBook. Uh, and Pixelmator is okay, but it's not Photoshop. Right. It, by any stretch of the imagination. And if it came down to it, what, what is that? $40 difference? I yeah. think Photoshop Elements is worth the extra $40. $40. If you're going to spend 60 for for this program, then go ahead and spend 99. That's my opinion. Okay. But if you if you are looking for cheaper and and but you want something and it's it is close. It's it I mean you've got the multi-layer, you can do the transparent stuff and all of the other stuff, but man, it doesn't it certainly doesn't, you know, Pixelmator does not have the magic extractor where you can just uh, you know just choose a couple little bits of pieces of things that you want to definitely keep and tell it a couple things that you definitely want to take out and click a little button and boom it immediately erases the background. Right. That's Photoshop, my friend. I love it. Um, and just so many other wonderful little tiny things that are inside of Photoshop elements that are not in Pixelmator. Yeah. Uh, but Pixelmator Pixelmator's okay. It'll it'll let you do multi. It'll let you do. Um, multiple layers and it's got some filters and all that other stuff. And, and, and it's got a lot of the same tool set, you know, br- multi-size brushes and all that other stuff like that blurring and, and smoothing. It, it's got all of that, but for $40 more, you get pretty much everything you want. Uh, what about GIMP? I, I you know, I, I remember looking at GIMP when I was, you know, hard up for a video or a photo editing software suite that uh, where I didn't want to spend any money. And I remember looking at GIMP and thinking, man, this sounds way too complicated. Yeah, it it still seems to be pretty complicated. It's an open source project, right? Right. Why isn't it there? Why isn't, I mean, I would imagine there are people, obviously there's got to be some very smart people who are very passionate about that GIMP project that they continue to, to push it forward. Isn't there anybody that works on that project that could do a little, you know, as a, a software installer to make that easy or, or is, is there something else required that just doesn't, I mean, that, that runs into licensing issues? Who knows? It's uh, no idea. Yeah. I, I will <laughs> it's do- one of those open source things or, you know, just, Yeah. Because, yeah. I mean, Audacity is open source, but man, that's sure as easy as cake to install on the on on the uh, Mac. And OpenOffice is open source. Yeah, and GIMP has always been this way. I don't I don't know why. Yeah, I don't know. But it, personally, I, 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 I'm, I'm with, uh, let's see here. I'm with Mark on this one. I, I definitely think that GIMP is overcomplicated. Pixelmator, it's, it's good. For 60 bucks, though, 
it, you know, I, I would, I just go, I would go Photoshop elements. 99.99 is worth it if you're going to be using this thing quite a bit. And you know, what? I'm just praying for the day that Photoshop elements shows up in the Mac store. Uh, because I've already got, I got Photoshop elements eight and I sure would love to have it up on my iMac upstairs. And I sure would love to have it on my MacBook air. And it kills me every time I'm away from my 27 inch iMac and I need to actually do something that I would do with Photoshop. <laughs> And it kills me not to have it on those other machines, but I've refused to buy it again until I can hopefully get it into the app store. Right. Yeah. I doubt it though. What about that last question he asked? Uh, Do you know what he's talking about with the, uh, you know, he, he sometimes will go to do something and and his discs have to fire up before it'll actually start. I've been looking and there's not really a whole lot he can do that. That whole, no, it's it's the, they spin down. It's controlled by you know the drives firmware, and then it's it, it's just trying to access those drives. And just, it, no, there's really nothing he can do. Are they internal drives or external? Uh, I think you said they're external. Yeah, you know what? I've got it. I I have an external drive hooked up for my time machine, and um, every now and then I will like I'll be in ScreenFlow. Have you ever had this, Chris? Um, you're in ScreenFlow. You got your external drive. It's sleeping. Uh, and basically you go in and it's recorded something. Now you go in and tell it to save so that they'll actually save and give it a name. But before, you know, as soon as you hit save, it takes a couple seconds before the save dialog box will pull up. And I can tell you right now, every single time I do that, it's waking up that external drive and waiting for it to actually, uh, wake up before it actually gives me the save dialog. Yeah, there's not a whole lot you can do about that. So that's what he's talking about, and there's nothing we can do about it, huh? No, unfortunately not. Why? Why does it require that? If if it's an external drive, I mean, who cares, right? I think it's just the the way that the Unix type operating system works. It's just gonna. I guess I guess it because when when we're going in to save, it wants to you know it knows that that drive is there. But before it gives us the option to where that could be one of the potential locations to save it to, it's got to it's got to see you know what's available and it's got to make sure it's really there. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, it's a shame. That's a shame. Of course, you know, obviously, it, it makes a lot of sense to let these things power down and and stuff like that. But uh, it would be nice if there was a way to to kind of uh, take away that latency. Of course, I, there have been times it's like, man, sometimes I just wish I could just unplug that external drive, but. I, I love my time machine backup way too much for that. <laughs> All right, Chris, thank you very much for another week of fun Mac talk. Again, I can't believe we've just been talking for 55 minutes. It's out of this world. It's how fast it goes. It happens. Yep. Hey, we'll be back again next week with your uh, future stories and questions. If you have any comments and questions for our show, give us a call 859-795-4067. Again, 859-795-4067. Our good friend Mark Mason says that if you're not a gspn.tv plus member, you should be. Uh, And of course, that's how you can help support the content and community of GSPN. This is my full-time career. And, uh, you know, I do make some money doing podcast consulting and all that other stuff that I do. But uh, the reason I'm able to actually put out eight to 10 episodes every single week of content and also maintain amazing relationships with people all over the world, not just maintaining relationships with them, but plugging them into relationships with other people in this world. I'm able to do that because of the generous financial support of our Plus members. Head over to gspn.tv slash plus to learn more. Eric, or not Eric, Chris. (laughs) (laughs) Crazy. 
Chris, thank you, sir. You're welcome. Go get a Mac, everybody. 27-inch iMac. Do it. Get yourself the Apple warranty, Apple Care, $169, out the door, less than two grand. Love it. Call us and tell us about your new Mac. Until next time, my friends, join the community. Join the community.